This is Britt Kleina, and you're listening to The Sheriff Podcast. Another episode of the Sheriff Podcast. Guys, today is a really, really special day because I get to have one of my idols on the show today. Without further ado, I want to bring him in right away. Ladies and gentlemen, Jermaine Franklin. Jermaine, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing great, doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. No problem, brother. And I'll be honest with you, man. I was so excited when I found out that you wanted to come on. And why was because my youngest brother, Liam McMorrow, actually did the recruiting for me. So not only was it a big get like for the podcast, because we have a team behind this podcast, right? Unfortunately, my co-host Kyle Warner wasn't able to make it tonight, but we have a team. Like We have Danny Granger, who's my brother-in-law, and we have a lot others that really support us. So when we found out, brother, that a big name like you was coming on, man, we were so excited, buddy. So yeah, my, my younger brother, Liam, did the recruiting for this one. Um, I just wanted the listeners to know that because, you know, this is a family show. And yeah, Jermaine, we're, we're really pumped up. I got a lot of things that I want to pick your brain about. But first off, Jermaine... Um, I know that you're a Toronto native, but where did you grow up? Like, where where, where were you, man, like as, as a young, young Jermaine? Oh, man, I grew up in uh, I grew up in a few places, to tell you the truth, Sean. First of all, shout out to Liam. You know what? He did get in touch with me. Social media is crazy. I'm still trying to get um, like, of course, I got my Twitter account and I got my Instagram account. But to tell you the truth, Sean, like I am not heavy into that world. But Liam got a hold of me and I said, I gotta get, I gotta respond because that's that's the world we are in today. And I don't I don't wanna feel like a dinosaur yet, you know what I'm saying? But um, but yeah, so I really appreciate uh, Liam contacting me and you being on board and saying you wanted to have me on the show. So I really appreciate you having me right now. Um uh, back to the question. It was where I grew up um, when yeah. I was when I was growing up, and the answer to that is there's a few places. So uh, my dad is an engineer, and he he was an engineer, but he wasn't afraid to travel. So he he liked to travel um, uh, for his next job. Um, so I actually the first time I can remember, I lived in New Brunswick with my family uh, until I was in kindergarten, and then wow. we moved out to Edmonton. So I was born in Toronto, first and foremost, but if I'm going from where I actually remember having memories, um, that's when I was four or five years old. We were in New Brunswick for a few years. Then we moved out to Edmonton, and I lived out in Spruce Grove for about three or four years with the family. And then we decided, we, like I was part of the decision, but uh, from grade three to grade six, I lived in Philly. Uh, and then really? we moved back to the, yeah, so I lived in Philly, uh, for three and a half years and then, uh, and I did a lot of growing up there from grades three to 
grade six, loved it, and then uh, moved back to the Toronto area when uh, I'm sure my mom said to my pops, uh, it's time to settle in and uh, and find a spot where we're going to stay for good. So I, when I say the Toronto area, I, I grew up in Stouffville, which is about 45 minutes northeast of Toronto. So it's still the GTA, but uh, its slogan is the country close to the city. So uh, while I'm not a farmer by any means, still got a little taste of, of the suburbs slash country life, but never too far away from the city. That's it, man. That's it. Now, th- that, that's really interesting, Jermaine, like how you explained like where you lived like when you were younger, because to me, it sounds like the son of a pro hockey player. Like just like how you were like, yeah, so I was in I was in here and then we went to Edmonton for four years. Then we were in Philly. So I get it because I was that player and I lived in a bunch of different cities. So so I definitely emphasize with you, buddy. And, and I that's cool, man. That's really, really cool stuff. Now, where where I wanted to go with that was I wanted to talk about your family a little bit, Jermaine, because I find that people that are involved in sports are pretty family oriented. Um, usually it's situations in their family that kind of get them involved in certain t- in the certain sports that they that they do participate in and why they participated in it. So I, I, I have a feeling that that there might be a secret weapon here, which is the which is the family that that really brought out all the character character in you. Is that might I be right about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, um for sure our family's very close and uh and and i think i believe i guess i never really asked the specific question but i believe my parents um got me involved in hockey uh because um this is the this is the nation that they adopted um and this is the nation that they that they fell in love with and and they got myself involved in hockey I'm actually the middle kid so my brother would be the first to go into hockey and then I would I'm four years younger and then I I followed suit and of course played all all different sports growing up Um, I should mention my parents they met uh, they're both from Jamaica but they did not meet in Jamaica they actually both um, found each other in Montreal where they were both going to school uh, going to university and college and uh, that's where they met, fell in love, and and uh, the rest is history. Uh, Fifty years later, congratulations to to Hope yes. and Frank Shopkin, uh, yes, for the last for sure. uh, and still going strong. So, so uh, back to it. Um, like you said, the secret weapon. Um, I'll I'll never I'll never uh, um, say it's a, a bad thing. Parents, um, so much love, so much love for each other, so much love for their kids. My brother Julian, myself, and my little sister Jessica, and we were always involved in sports and activities uh, growing up. I personally loved hockey uh, and loved it the most. Um, played soccer, of course, and and basketball and and so forth. But uh, uh, for some reason, hockey stuck with me the most, and and that's uh, that's the sport I love covering as well. So, Jermaine, how long did you play? How long did you play hockey for? Like, what what was the situation? So I played hockey until my last year of high school, basically. Um, uh, did of course had the big dream, you know, you know, I had the big dream. I wanted to make it to the show, um, but never did. Played uh, played uh, some some junior A uh, yep. hockey. For the, That's for fantastic. The yeah, here in um, here in Ontario, but. Uh, um, 
learned pretty quick that I'm not a very good multitasker. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so we're practicing three or four days a week and two, two games a week. And, and my school is going down in the tubes. And then, uh, and then our, our team was doing all right, but uh, I wasn't getting a lot of ice time. And because we weren't doing that well, I'm still, I'm still uh, trying to, trying to make it, but grades going down the tubes um, had to make a decision. Well, at the time, I felt like I had to make a decision. And because I wasn't going to go get to into university with the way that things were going. And, uh, and it didn't look like I was going to make it to the show because I wasn't playing. So, <laughs> so I decided to scale back the hockey um, and went, uh, still played, played junior C for a couple of years, got my grades up, went to the University of Windsor, knowing that I wanted to get into communications and broadcasting. And, yeah. uh, and, and B has worked out pretty good. Um, uh, yes, but it's always, it's always nice having the dream. You know what I mean? It's tough to give up on it, but it's always great to have a dream to, to go to that show. And you made it. You made it. So that's amazing. Yes, now, but now let me add to that a little bit, Jeremy. Okay, so now first off, yes, it's awesome to have the dream, like to play and all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, man, the older I got, the, the more I realized that the show is more full circle. It's not just the players. There's the coaching there's the medical staff, there's the equipment people, there's the media. There's yeah. a lot of it that's part of the show, okay? And you, my friend, you you had a dream, but maybe you had the, the, the different dream first and got the second dream later in life like you did when you enrolled in Windsor and, and did your program. And now yeah. you're in the show. You're in the show since you came to Toronto. Do, do, do you do, do you feel it to be that way? Do you feel do you feel that doing what you're doing right now, like man, I watch you, and like man, I'm like man, is he ever good, man? You know what I mean? And and it's entertaining, Jermaine. And you, and you make it you make it fun. The broadcasting got boring for a little bit, dude. You know what I mean? There was some years where there it just got it got flat. And characters like you is what makes it fun again. And for a guy like me, like I'm an ex-player, but I'm a big fan of all the sports, especially hockey, right? So yeah. man, the way that you make it interesting and entertaining, it's it's I'm like a kid watching a Disney movie when I watch Sports Center, bro. That's yeah. how I feel. But no, I am sorry, I, I overlap that. Do you feel you're in the show right now? <laughs> Uh, in ways I do, in ways I do. And, and it's, uh, it's amazing that, uh, first of all, thanks for saying that it's so, so good for me to hear because, um, uh, because I'm trying to have fun. Like that is, that is my first and ultimate goal is to have fun when I'm on the desk, because let's face it, man, I'm covering sports. I'm doing what I want to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and yeah. I am, and I am, uh, with all honesty, um, I have the utmost respect for the athletes um, that we get to see and cover every day because they're do they are. We don't really realize just how good these guys are. And um, I'll tell you one thing: what the reason why I, I I say yes that I felt or feel that I was in the show 
or am in the show. And I, the reason why I said past tense is when I was given the opportunity uh, to cover the Flames for as long as I did, and to be um, and and to cover uh, an NHL organization and and cover every team that came into those dressing rooms. That was an opportunity that I quickly realized that very few people get, and and I loved every minute of it. And when you're talking to guys that that show you respect, um, that you truly admire, and we're talking about guys that are like 10 years younger and and 15 years younger than I am, but I still have utmost respect for the Jonathan Taves and the Patrick Canes and the Mark Giordanos and the Johnny Gaudreau's, you know what I mean? And, and they know who you are and they respect who you are and they listen to what you're saying. That's, that's the area where I say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I made it. Yeah. I'm in the show. Like, like uh, I'm, I'm part of this NHL fabric in a way um, that, uh, that very few people can be. That being said, I never thought of myself as a player because if I did, I'd, I'd probably be carried away with my ego anyways. And I, I probably have a big <laughs> enough ego as it is. But, uh, but in that sense, the way that you asked it, you're, you're right, Sean. I do, I, I do feel like I'm in the show in a certain way and, uh, and it is spe- pretty special. And I am very grateful for the position uh, and the positions that I've held in the position that I'm in right now being on SportsCenter and the desk. Yes, of course. Now, I really wanted to get into to, to Calgary as well. Now, first off, Michael Camilleri, uh, did you have a chance to, to develop any relationships with him along the way? Uh, just a little bit, yeah. Like, uh, he played for Calgary for a few years and then yeah. came back. Um, great guy, great guy. Now, the yeah. reason why I'm asking is because me and Camilleri have a, a pretty close connection. Like, we played against each other all the way growing up in Toronto. We're the same age. We're the 1982. Like, like I know I'm I'm embracing the Michael Jordan hairstyle, Jermaine. You know what I mean? So I might look a little bit older, but I'm but I'm a January birthday, so I'm I'm 39, right? And and me and Mike are the same age. We're 1982 birthdays, and we actually had an opportunity this agent that was interested in both of us when we were teenagers flew us out to Minnesota and we went to the Brian Lawton um, agency camp when we were like 15 years old. I was playing for Domino's Flyers. He was playing for the Toronto Red Wings, right? We were like Bantam or something. We weren't even in tier two yet, right? And I spent a week with Mike and we were 15 in Minnesota. It was just the two of us. Everyone else was older. We were the only teenagers there, right? And and I just like I know he was in Calgary for a while, and I'm like, man, if these two, if Jermaine and Mike ever connected, man, that those are two characters that you'd love to be a fly on the wall for those conversations, man. Yeah, you know what, Camilleri was uh, was awesome. I guess the, his teammates called him Cammy or call him Cammy. But um, uh, one story about Camilleri, not a specific story, but uh, an attitude I think that he brought to the Calgary Flames. Like you know him, um, he's a very confident dude. He's yes. a very confident. I honestly, like, I think I haven't seen Cammy in a little while, but uh, I know he was starting to lose his hair a little bit too. So maybe he's joining <laughs> the Jordan. Have you talked to him recently? I haven't seen Cammy. Yeah, I, I haven't he's, seen him for for a couple of years, I, right? I, I see social his, media. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah, I'm just awesome as yeah, you know what? But um, but yeah. Uh, so back to Camilleri and what he brought to the Calgary Flames when he first came. 
he brought in, in my opinion, he brought a work ethic that people didn't really uh, realize or notice. And the reason why I say that uh, when I say people, I think he brought Jerome Aginla to an even higher level than normal because um, Iggy was the man. He always has been the man with the Flames and deservedly so. And he and Iggy uh, was a was a hard worker, like no question about it. But when Cam when Cam Camilleri came to the Flames, the one thing that I, I noticed was he'd work on his skill development. You know, the stick handling, the shot, the shots, and it would usually be after practice. And and all of a sudden, like you'd see Jerome stay out with Camilleri, and then they'd work oh. on their 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 stick skills together um, yeah. after practice. And you're just like, oh, like. Like I, I always knew that Aginla was the best goal scorer in the league at this time, and I always knew that he was a very hard worker. But here's somebody who actually comes in and shows Iggy a thing or two, and and Iggy is all about it because it's all about getting better. And it wasn't, and it was never. What are you doing, staying out? Like like you know, we already did our you know hour and fifteen minutes, or we already did our forty five minutes. You yeah. know, oh like. Camilleri took extra time on the ice, and it was just kind of cool to see Jerome Aginla uh, follow suit and take extra time as well. And then you'd see other guys um, take a little bit of extra time, realizing that putting in that kind of time, even during the season when your body is aching, right? When when you want when you need as much rest and recuperation as possible after a back to back or something. Yeah, that's thing that I noticed about Camilleri and what he brought to the Flames and uh, because of that we'll always respect him and his work ethic um, because he was uh, yeah he was a pretty cool dude yeah man I mean yeah he's a pretty cool dude but what also what he is is that you know I mentioned that we're in the same uh, age group he was the best player in my age group in the 1982 age group I believe that came out of Toronto and the thing with Camilleri was he was a kid phenom. So he was on a Jason Spezza type level. You know what I mean? And like, you know, I obviously I played with Spez his draft year on the Mississauga Ice Dog. So I got a taste of like what it's like for that for that player to when you're when you're expected to do so much. Like Spez ended up going second overall to Kovalchuk. You know what I mean? Camilleri was a high pick, but he wasn't a you know a top five pick or whatever. But Man, he was a phenom, but he worked so hard, and that's how he was actually able to have a good NHL career. There's so many kids that are so good when we're young. They're so good. They were the best kids in their hometown of, you know, Stratford or Woodstock or wherever they're from. You know what I mean? Which is a huge deal. And they and they don't and they never went anywhere, right? Because they didn't work hard. You got to work hard too. And Cam had that. So. That's amazing to hear that it was that it was that good that he actually had an impact on Iggy, the legend, yeah. Hall of Famer, one of my favorite players of all time. I mean, how could he not, right? Uh, yeah. If you're a real hockey guy, if you're a real hockey guy, Jerome McGinley's got to be one of your favorite players. The guy's like, like you said, was the best goal scorer like many seasons during his career, man, he could fight pretty much any tough guy any year that he played and win. 
yeah. and using like all lefts and stuff. Like, yeah. like man, yeah. like I wouldn't. And then I remember like towards the end of his career, man, when like obviously he was more of like of a role player. He could still play on the first couple lines, but you know he's being used more as a role player. And man, he goes into Calgary. And fights. Was it England that he fought? Yeah. Who was it England, that he fought? Yeah. It was like their tough guy at the time. It wasn't Big Earn. It was after Big Earn's era. Yeah. yeah. It was like Derek was England or whoever it was, man. And this guy just pounds their yeah. tough guy. And he's like 40 years old, just a hero in Calgary. Man, oh, yeah. like there could be a, there should be a movie, the Jerome McGinley story, because man, that's incredible. Incredible yeah. what that, the impact that he made. You know, as, especially, you know, as a brother, you know what I mean? Like yeah. showing that and making the NHL diverse, having a superstar that looked yeah. like Jerome McGinley was important to the NHL more than people think. Oh, absolutely. I think it's it was huge and it is huge. Like um, uh, when you think about uh, influences and, you know, it, uh, Jerome never uh, brought up his his race. He never brought up his color. And he one of the things that. I've heard just by talking to um, uh, the Calgary Flames communication staff a lot, like in the first few years, every time they traveled down to the States, that's what they wanted to talk about. You know, uh, what's it like yeah. being a black NHL or what's it like being a black NHLer? And, and, um, and Iggy, Iggy got it, but he didn't want that to be his signature. And I yeah. think, I think because he was, because he was a legit, superstar because he was a legit um like all-around player who could do it all like you like you mentioned uh could could take care of his own if he needed to and he had plenty of times i think now um uh, the legend of 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 iggy uh will continue to grow um and and uh um he did it he did it he did it the right way and he's and He's a great, he's a great person. Uh, uh, no hands down. Like it was an honor. It was an honor to be able to cover Aguilar for as long as I did. Yeah. Well, the guy, I mean, the guy had a Hollywood smile. Never yeah. like was just had the best etiquette, manners. Like just like he he was like he was like the he, he was he was pretty much what everyone wanted to be. You know what I mean? Like just a good an all around good guy. That was a superstar. The girls yeah. loved him. The guys wanted to be him. Jerome again. Yeah. That's pretty much what it was. That's pretty much what it is, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and so, Jermaine, like, I, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, being in the show in, in media and stuff and, like, the show meaning the top level and, and all that kind of stuff. And, like, and, like I wanted to kind of get into, like, the come up and stuff because I really – I, like, I think it's so cool just to see during someone's journey, the different things that they accomplished and the places that they worked coming up to where they are now. Right. But because we touched up like on the topic of, you know, J J J Jerome McGinley not really wanting to get to play the race card, you know, when the American media would interview him sometimes like there was a like it, it hasn't been that long where there was a really tense time in sports because of the social injustices in the United States. So I'm talking about the time of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and when the leagues 
the players in certain leagues stepped up and there was protests and there was there was games not being played and this was in protest of social injustice in the US and Canada now the sports world was used I shouldn't say the word used but the platforms for the athletes were being used to talk about this and to address it and to make people aware how was it man for you for you guys covering that like it was very tense man yeah yeah it was it was a different it was a different world and it still is a different world Sean to tell you the truth and and we haven't really had too much time to um reflect on it to be honest because we're still in it we're still in it but right at that intense moment and and uh and the weeks that followed um it was it was surreal it was surreal because uh you're dealing with uh uh, your own feelings and your own thoughts and and then you you want to talk to players about it you try and find players to talk to and and um and interviewing and they're trying they're trying to sort out their feelings and they want to make sure they don't say the wrong thing and you want to make sure you give them uh, a platform where um uh, because there's this big well i, I don't want to men i don't know if it's the right word but of course there's the the cancel culture and i don't know if that's the right word for it but if you say if you slip up and say the wrong thing on social media you're toast and you are toast for the next however many hours days weeks and and a lot of a lot of players are a little bit weary about that uh, in that sense but but thinking back to it now that you ask uh um yeah it was it was a it was it was pretty intense and i i was able to talk i remember i talked to to trevor daly about it um, yeah and uh and he was gracious enough to come on in a in a platform like this and and uh and you and you just you just talk to players uh where they're comfortable and and here's the tough part about that when when you say you don't want to make players feel uncomfortable well it's not a comfortable subject so that only goes that only goes to uh so far if you're actually going to broach it um the person you're interviewing um, has to go somewhere. They can't just stay on the perimeter. And you, as the interviewer, um, you you have to go. You have to take it somewhere, and you can't completely stay on the perimeter. Or there's no or, or there's no point. Um, which is which was a, a fine line to tread, in in my opinion. Um, and a lot of things, yeah, a lot of things came came out in terms of not in my interviews per se, but in the conversations like you and I were saying, talking before the interview and then yep. the conversations after the interview. And of course, um, with, with work and work trying to, and when I say work, I mean, Bell, um, trying to make, make an effort, uh, to be more inclusive and to be more aware of what's going on. Um, and, and like I mentioned, uh, sorry for the long answer. We're still I'm in it. it. I'm loving it. The <laughs> listeners are loving it. Please yeah. continue. Yeah, we're 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 still in it, and I think this is what this is. We're getting to 
um, the harder part of it because when the anger or the adrenaline dies down, uh, if we use the analogy of, a, of, of the playoffs, and you're in, you're through the first round, and now you're through the second round. The aches and pains are starting. The adrenaline isn't really there anymore. Um, what do you really have left to give? And that's what is going to really help the cause. Because a lot of people, Sean, are like saying, "All right, we'll just wait this thing out. We'll wait this thing out, and things will get back to to normal." And that's yeah. not going to happen. And that's not going to happen. And even uh, people like me get tired, and then you're like, "I got to keep." you know we we got to yeah. keep going we got to figure out what's next yeah. so <laughs> so in in the roundabout thing it's it was it was a it was a really weird time because we were working from home because we were uh, getting interviews just like this one in terms of you got to get someone in their home um you're yeah. going to be talking from their home uh, my kids are in the background trying to do homework or they're not and they're just making too much noise you know yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, oh yeah just it was the pandemic, and then it was it was magnified uh, with the racial racial injustice and unrest that still continues today. Yeah, and I mean, Jermaine, like obviously, it's it's very unfortunate, man. The incidences that that a lot of these movements were based on. Not that the movement started, but it just sparked it up, and it started, you know, and and people were talking about it, right? But it's it's unfortunate what happened, but like. Were you surprised that day that the one NBA game, they're like, we're not playing, man. We're just not going to play. How about that? Like, right? And were you like, like, okay, so you you were at home, right? Yeah. Like that was work from home time. So like, how did you, like, how did you hear about that? Like, did someone call you from work and be like, yo, listen, man, they're not going to play tonight. Like in the NBA. And then then it snowballed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was at I was at home and that's exactly what it was. Uh, of course, emails firing up, text firing up, what's going on? Um, and then it was, oh, the NBA's not playing. And then uh, I think it was half of MLB was decided not to play. Yeah. And, and of course, for the Canadian angle is why is the NHL still playing? Why is the yeah. NHL? Still and and I believe at that time. It was the right question to ask, but at the same time, um, if the NHL uh, just followed suit, just for the sake of following suit, then they wouldn't understand what the heck's going on, anyways. And they did. They did come out to uh, to the right decision. Um, I I'm almost glad that it was a conscious decision uh, instead of just saying, "Well, they're doing it, so we should do it." And then they never really learned the lesson in the first place. The NHL, they got a long way to go, man. We both know this. They got a long way to go, um, um, and it starts. And it's it's not just going to happen. It starts in the grassroots, um, and and they just need a lot more guys like 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 you, Characters. like the sheriff, a lot Good more character. Jermaine in in the grassroots, growing up, loving the sport, and feeling comfortable in the sport. Um, but yeah, it's it has to be a conscious effort in that sense as well. Yeah, Jermaine. I mean, like the NHL. I mean, I like I love the NHL, right? Like I'm a hockey guy. Like I love it. But like I wish that 
it could change a little bit. I wish that the style of play would change a little bit because they've gotten really one-sided with the skill and they've let all the, the rough stuff just pretty much disappear. But also, for this topic here, I mean, Jermaine, like, the NHL had an opportunity to partner with the Hockey Diversity Alliance, the HDA. And I don't know what happened because... I don't speak on, like, I know a lot. I know that whole board of governors, man. They're all my buddies, right? But they're all guys that are like NHL guys from Scarborough. I'm, I'm an AHL guy, so I didn't really qualify for, the, for that board. But I know them really well. I'm not a part of it, so I don't speak on behalf of them. But, man, I read what they were trying to do. It was incredibly positive, and it was some really cool and interesting ideas that they had. They had a big list of what they were asking the NHL for, and something happened not good because they decided <laughs> to part ways. And I mean, come yeah. on, man. Like, how much more momentum could they have had the NHL to jump on something like that? Like, why wouldn't they? Like, th there's a demographic in the US, Jermaine, where there's certain groups and populations that are really growing faster than others, right? right. And oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So you're capped out, man, with a certain demographic. You got to go yeah. for the other ones, especially in the U.S. Canada's a little bit different, but I'm talking yeah, about yeah. the U.S. So, man, this was this ever an opportunity for them? The HDA had a lot of good ideas. And, and like, I'm not trying to, to bash the NHL. Like, like, I hope, like, if it's not the HDA, maybe it's another, you know, group or idea that they, they joined forces with. But, but I, I, I'm just disappointed that... There wasn't more that happened out of that. I mean, I saw Ryan Reeves at a press conference with 20 guys behind him, and they're all touching his shoulder. Man, that's great, man. But, like, that's not going to change anything. It's a talking point, and it's a start. And I'm, I'm not saying that it, it meant nothing. But that's the most that I saw of it was the press conference, Jermaine. And Dude. some stickers on the back of helmets and – you know what I mean? And then like a light show saying hockey is for everyone or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I don't know. Getting, getting hockey more accessible, Jermaine, is really the key to all of this, right? Yeah. If hockey's more accessible for every single walk of life, then they're going to see the diversity just blow up, right? They yeah. need to have programs in certain cities and, and in certain communities because my mom signed me up for hockey. You know, you're, see, your mom had a big part in your hockey. So did mine and mine. She yeah. signed me up for hockey when I was six years old. I was young. And, you know, and, you know, I, I, I started at Scarborough Malvern House Leagues, which is just north of, of where I grew up. Right. And, yeah. you know, the same same place as both Stewart Brothers, which have both been on the show. Yeah. And they absolutely love you, man, by the way. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Chris, he, play, he played in Calgary uh, briefly. That's uh, right. For Short stints, yeah, Cecil, eh? A, a yeah, short stint exactly. in Calgary, eh? Did you get a chance yeah, yeah. to talk to Cecil? Stu? I know we're getting off topic, but did you get a chance to meet Chris Stewart? Yeah, yeah, got a chance to meet him, talk to him, uh, told him about uh, where my, about my barber, <laughs> my barber shop, and in in Calgary, and told him where the good West Indian food joints were as well. So, yeah, um, uh, Chris is a uh, uh, a really good guy, like like soft spoken, but genuine. Is that fair? Is that a fair fair assessment? That's my assessment of Chris. Like 
uh, really genuine guy, quiet, but but when he talks, um, uh, you listen, and 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 he's uh, he's a good he's a good guy as well. Yeah, genuine. But um, yeah. Oh, sorry to so like okay like we did kind of get off topic, but I'll jump back on with you in terms of the HDA and the NHL and things that there are so many things that go through your mind. You know what I mean, Sean? And, and, uh, at me as a guy that, uh, of course has, uh, uh, with a, a small public figure, always got to be careful what you say or what you think, because if you don't have any facts to back it up, um, you could get yourself in trouble. So I can't say too much about why the NHL and the HDA didn't necessarily join forces, why they didn't agree. Um, but in my opinion, and my humble, and I do not know, so I just want to put that preface out there. In my humble opinion, someone has to be in control. And uh, to the HDA's credit, you know, um, to Akima Aliu, to Trevor Daly, to, to Kane, to their credit, I think that they want to be in control. And I don't know if the NHL would be quite comfortable uh, um, um, taking their lead. And, and, and I say to their credit, I don't know if Akeem, if, if Akeem and, and Trevor uh, and, and the, you know, and Chris Stewart would be quite comfortable if the NHL were to take over in their lead. Because then they wouldn't know, then they wouldn't be in control or they wouldn't necessarily see their vision play out. Because once the big corporate gets involved and takes over, um, who knows? So, yeah. so one, I give full credit to the HDA for, um, I, for lack of better term, not caving in in terms of just handing over their ideas to the NHL, hoping for the best. And I give the NHL credit for for remaining who they are. You know, it's the shield. And they're not changing their profile yet. And let's face it, like you mentioned, the things that need to happen, they do need to change. Um, uh, and unfortunately, or fortunately, it'll be on their terms. Is that fair to say? Yeah. We, have, we can't be too patient, but... I think things are coming. And as far as the HDA, I'm hearing good things about them as well. Like things are coming. So keep your keep your your ear to the ground. Good things are coming with the HDA. Those boys, they're working. And to their credit, um, they're not letting things just die down. They want to make a change and full credit to them for it. So the listeners, keep an eye open for HDA. They're coming. They're coming in. If you want to help, help. Be involved. It's gonna be good. Yeah. That's awesome, Jermaine. And like, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm, like, you just, you know, you just address the listeners, and like, I feel blessed because I'm learning so much from from this this show, from this interview, and I appreciate all the detail that that you're that you're including, buddy, because I'm on the edge of my seat listening to you. So now that that thank you for explaining that because it makes so much sense i never even really thought of it like that about how they would have to take control and and all that kind of stuff and, and i totally get you buddy i i wasn't even thinking about that adding that in it totally makes sense why they decided to do that parting of ways right you explained it fully yeah. just now so yeah so so that's absolutely fantastic in my opinion <laughs> i'm sorry in my opinion yeah <laughs> In my yeah. opinion, in, that's my thought. 
yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, of course, of course. And and I appreciate it. So now I it, it, and it's so cool, like like the names that that you're mentioning because. You know, these guys are all Toronto, you know, with a hypothesis around the, the Scarborough boys. And, you know, Joel Ward, he's also on that board. And, you know, like I, when I hear these names, Trevor Daly, Akeem Alou, Joel Ward, Chris Stewart, you know, like I, I, like I, I get a smile on my face, man. Because these guys are all really, really good dudes family dudes and they represent Scarborough where I grew up. So I'm very, very proud to hear about them or, or even just talk about them casually. Right. So, so that, that's cool too. So now Jermaine, like, like I, one of the things that, that I think is cool is that when you went to Windsor, when you went to Windsor university, you know, you, you took mass communication media studies. That's what's listed. Is that accurate for what it, what it was getting that yeah. bachelor of oh, arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. bachelor of arts, uh, mass communications, and uh, I I ended up spending an extra year. It's a three year program. I ended up um, staying. I liked it so much. I stayed for an extra year, and I got a minor in philosophy. But um, yeah. the one thing I would say about the school life is uh, um, it's great. <laughs> I had a I had a blast. Uh, I loved every minute of uh, university um i met my wife there uh you meet new people you meet new friends uh and you just it just helps you expand as a person and grow as a person um uh, i i fully recommend post-secondary uh school if 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 it's for you trust me it'll be for you so yeah i fully fully support that yes now you met your wife at, at winter yeah oh man let me tell you sean like i met my wife i went i met my wife uh the second or third <laughs> week of like you can see the like see my face because um when i when i graduate when i after high school i was like you know what i'm going to university and i am going to have the time of my life and when i say time of my life that usually includes ladies you know what i'm saying and then three three weeks into school, I met my wife, and that was quickly over. <laughs> Dude, love at first sight. Love at first sight. So yeah, I met uh, I met Andrea about three weeks into school, and um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, we've been together ever since. So it's okay. uh, we got married uh, like six six years, five or six years. So we graduated, waited a year and a half out of school, and uh, and got married. And uh, this year in September 21 will be our 20th wedding anniversary. So, so yeah, we're standing the test of time. We're standing the test of time. But yeah, yeah, she kept me on the straight and narrow when I had no intention of being straight and narrow um, at the time. <laughs> Brother, that no, you have no idea how awesome that is to hear this story, though. Hey, eh? like yeah. you guys are university sweethearts, right? And you yeah. you end up yeah. tying the knot five, six years later, like you said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, six years later. So, nice. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, we got two kids. I uh, got a daughter and a son, Micah and Samson, and uh, and all of a sudden time flies. They're in high school. So, um, my daughter, she's in grade eleven. I guess going into grade twelve, it's it's crazy how time yeah. flies. It's crazy how time flies. But the yeah. COVID though, too, Jermaine. Like the last couple years have been like, like what? 
happened the last two years <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like it's very weird like and like it's hard to remember yeah. like certain times in like the last year because it's just like just the it's the most bizarre time in the world i think like in history man you know what i mean it, and then when you're in the sports world with all the cancellations of the seasons and players on on the covid list and like, you know what I mean? Like, you watch, like, if we're an NBA game, it's like, yeah, so-and-so. And, like, it could be, like, a group of, like, three or four guys. Yeah, they're yeah. all on uh, COVID protocol, so they won't be playing tonight. Yeah. It's like, what, what world are we in right now? Exactly. It's not about injuries. It's about COVID protocol. Like, why guys aren't playing? Like, you know what I mean? So, it's, oh, absolutely. Uh, they're hanging out with somebody who got it or somebody who had it, but they don't have it. Are you sure they don't have it? Well, we're not at privy to tell you anyways. Like, I'll tell you one of my favorites. Uh, well, not one of my favorite stories, but one of the stories out of COVID was um, Dylan Dubé. He's a player for the Calgary Flames, young guy. And I, I heard, and it was totally through the grapevine, um, that he was actually working. Like, he, he got a job while he was... He wasn't playing like, hockey. Doing what? So so he ended up working. His dad is a high executive at this like cheese, literally like this cheese factory in uh, in Calgary. I forget the name of it. And he hired Dylan. He's like, hey, Dylan, do you mind uh, um, keeping an eye on this empty warehouse with your buddies? And he's like, sure. So he he got he took this job, and he brought his rollerblades and a net and stuff. And he was getting paid for guarding like a factory while working on his skills with his buddies. It was wow. Like, like in what world would a pro athlete, you know, be a, a glorified <laughs> security guard? But he's working. Like he's obviously still working towards his craft. And he had a great year this year, but way but uh yeah it was just it's just funny some of the weird stories that come out oh, yeah. of weird time in the pandemic and uh yeah shout out to dylan dubé for giving me that story as well it was it was great <laughs> i wonder if he had the the plastic ice and all that too like you know what i mean uh, where, where where you could yeah. actually skate on it and stuff well he it was like i don't know i think it was the mars blades or whatever it was definitely roller blades but okay uh, and that's uh, that's just as good yeah, yeah. but oh, i yeah. think in other situations i think he did have plastic ice like all those players tried to do just tried to stay active somehow and um uh kudos for them for doing it 100% so so Jermaine, like man I'm I'm just so interested in in this process in this journey that you had, man. So like, like I'm like like because when I did my research and I was looking at all the different places that you worked, you know, and and it, I did like a little bit of a timeline. So I want you to tell me if I'm right. So so the first place that you were at was the Score Television Network, right? Right. Um. Yes. The first place I was at was the Score Television Network. A guy you had on your show already, Cabby, was there. We were floor directors together. Cabby was a star from the beginning. Um. And uh. Yeah. It was Headline Sports. Uh. Before it turned into the Score, and that's yeah. I interned at Headline Sports. Um. Second or third year university that summer. I I interned there, and um. I also. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 go, man, go. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. Listen. <laughs> yeah, so I also uh, 
I also interned at uh, the Fan 590, as you know, sports radio station in, in Calgary. And uh, out of that, I got the uh, sports cruiser job. So, so in the summers, I used to drive around a little Honda CRV and, uh, and go to all these different events and hand out um, free beef jerky and, <laughs> and do yeah. live cut-ins yeah. from, from different events. And then, uh, yeah, at night I'd go to the score and uh, I'd be a floor director or I'd write scripts for, for Greg Sansoni and Martin Geyer and, and you know, um, uh, guys like, like that as well as, uh, what's his name, uh, Steve. What about um, Ludzi? Yeah. Steve yeah. Ludzi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys got along pretty well. Yeah, yeah, like um, you know, I like got along with him pretty well. Uh, Not as not as not as much uh, interaction as with with the Tim McCallis and Sid Sixeros for some reason. Like I was always in the booth as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, all those guys. Um, um, for sure, it was it was a great experience, and I eventually got to to voice. Uh, the Molson Canadian uh, shootout, which was, I would say, uh, um, before its time, because a lot of, from what I understand, a lot of a lot of people that um, play pro line or gambled, they'd always go to the Molson Canadian shootout um, during the wheel just to see how their players did and what players were red hot. And uh, basically, what it was is just the listing of the stats and the best players from each game of that night. So I uh, love doing that as well. That's where I got my start. Yeah, man. So man, I'm I'm hearing these names. So that was a really talented staff, like yeah. like co-workers that you're with yeah. there at the score, and, and like you said, headline yeah. sports. Oh, and Steve Coolius. That's what I was trying to Steve say. Coolius. Steve Coolius. That man. I yeah. I watched you guys religiously. So you, so you put together those shows. I I wrote the the floor director. Tell me what a floor director does. The the floor director is basically um, helps the helps the talent, lets them know when they're on the air. uh, Is a glorified runner for scripts. um, Make sure the camera is in the right in the right uh, uh, spot. Right. Yeah. So the guys that put together the shows, those are the producers. Like. And those are the guys that do uh, do the the heavy lifting in terms of knowing what we're starting with, knowing the order of the show, knowing the timing, what we have to do. The floor director, uh, like I said, because I was interning, we went to um, because the the headline sports last the score. They had the wheel, and they always had um, they always had the voiceovers with the highlights, right as well. So that was the main bread and butter, and that's what that's where Tim McAuliffe. Um, that's where Tim McAuliffe got really good and got big. And that's where Sid Sixero started getting uh, really big and, and, uh, and different guys. Like you recognize voices like Dave Mondonka. Uh, um, and those guys would, would uh, help. Those guys would write their own scripts or floor directors would write scripts taking from them and adding to them and then we'd run it out to Greg Sansoni like I can picture it right now running from rooms it was on the third floor of the Holiday Inn on King Street just crazy yeah yeah (laughs) did Sansoni uh, did he have those curls back then too yeah I had uh yeah I had I I had the low fro and I put the sporting waves in there helped it out yeah no doubt no doubt nice buddy (laughs) 
And so I know you must have given Cavi some ideas for his wild shows. You know what, Cavi? I could not take any credit for Cavi's ideas. No. Cavi, he is awesome. Him uh, and uh, Cavi and uh, Dave Cricks and their uh, camera guy, Brian, like those three were and are television geniuses. And um, what Cabby's done, uh, I am so, uh, well, proud of him, but so impressed. Like, he has created, like, um, not just a great persona and personality, because that is him. He, he is who he is. He is genuine. Uh, but, uh, but its own little empire. And and uh, I had nothing to do with it. I never gave him any ideas. I had no idea what was going on until things started rolling. And I'm like, man, good on you, Cavi. He was, he is, he is an awesome dude, an awesome dude. And we keep in touch as well. Like I, I called him a few weeks ago, and uh, and he always takes your call. He's <laughs> <So laughs> such a nice guy, though, eh? I have nothing but amazing things to say to say about him, and so happy uh for success like like yeah he's he's done really well yeah i mean i know that that he must have learned a lot from you though and and stuff like that jermaine because i'm telling you man like you 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 really like like the like like the journey that you had like it seems like you pretty much you did everything like you did everything and it seems like now you're you're at that top spot where you want to be you look really happy, man, doing it too. Yeah. I like I have to comment on that. Like I noticed it. Like you can tell when you're watching Sports Center. Like you see you come up, you're like, yeah. Like someone someone that might have been like a little bit down during the day, maybe they're a little depressed, whatever. You know, they're clicking. <laughs> I want to see you. Did, did Milwaukee win? They tie up the series. But this guy, this guy looking so happy. Look, all right. I guess he's not so bad. You know what I mean, Jermaine? I'm telling you, man. It's 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 awesome. Yeah. So like, okay, yeah, so so. Sorry. Yes, please. Yeah, I appreciate. It. I appreciate it. Thanks, John. Like, yeah. So I'll tell you. So yeah. Um, uh, internet headline sports turned into the score. Did the sports cruiser at Fan Five Ninety? Also got a break at Five Fan Five Ninety um, uh, because to cover games. So I got to cover Blue Jays games. I got to cover uh, some Leaf games with Howard Berger. You remember Howard Berger, the oh, Leafs hey. reporter. So, so Howard Berger will, would allow me to tag along and I would actually do cut-ins for uh, 680 News from Leaf Games. Uh, did Raptors Games as well. Shout out to um, Eric Smith and Mike Gentili, those guys. Like, it's funny how you grow up with guys in the industry, like we were mentioned with Cabby. And, uh, and yeah, like you said, like, oh, and I got to do a shout out as well to Toronto Star Television. I don't know if that was on your list, but. I also worked at Toronto Star Television. Okay. Uh, that was in, I actually didn't floor. see that. Yeah, so that was actually on the ninth floor of uh, of the Toronto Star uh, One Young Street, Toronto Star Building. And what it was was uh, the infomercial channel. It was Shop TV, and they had a studio in there where they were trying to, um, I guess, turn into a profit. So like I was like a, a camera guy and a floor director and uh and um not, not not a director but a but i a pa which would help time the shows out 
um, from their little studio in there. So when it comes to um, learning how it works behind the scenes, all those experiences eventually came into eventually came into play even to this day like um being on the camera i kind of know what's going on in that in that control room where it is pandemonium like there's so many different move people different moving parts everybody has to work together um all those experiences um uh helped me become who i am today um yeah. Oh, and of course, I did. I did uh, color for St. Mike's Majors for a while too on Rogers Television. Yeah, we've been all over the place, Sean. You know how it is. St. <laughs> Michael's. Yeah, major. Did you say the majors or the buzzers? No, the majors. So okay, like, St. Michael's majors. Yeah. Yeah. So when my my big memory, uh, Don Jackson allowed me to uh, uh, do color um, for the majors. Uh, Dan Dunleavy was the was the play-by-play -play guy. I wanted to do play-by-play, -play, but Dan Dunleavy, like really good play-by-play -play for the Buffalo Sabers now. Um, yeah. So I did color. I did color, and my big memory for that, I would say, is uh, doing the playoffs, and the majors were playing the Belleville Bulls, and uh, Matt Stajan, a young Matt Stajan, okay. uh, was a Belleville Bulls uh, yeah. a rock star. So. Uh, and he crushed the the majors that <laughs> that series, and um, he turned out to have a great career. Um, yeah, yeah, and it was funny. He came to Calgary, and he remembered me doing color of those games. Um, uh, so yeah, we we got that small connection as well. It's a small world in that sense. Well, yes, definitely, Jermaine. Now, do you remember what year it was for the team? Because like they were an expansion team. Do you remember what year it was? Like, was it their first year back, second, third? Like, do you remember that or no? For the majors? Yeah. Like, for them um, being back in the league. Because you know how they were an expansion team for Toronto, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I, it might have been their... The reason... Uh, Dave, Dave Cameron was their coach. So, okay. So, Dave Cameron. So, it wasn't, it wasn't when Fudo was there. No. It, it wasn't when Mark Napier was there. No. Because Mark, Mark Napier was the first year, and then Fuda took over for him, right, in, like, the second oh. or third year. The reason yeah. why I'm asking is because, man, I'm growing up in Scarborough. Go to my local high school, right, Pope, Pope John Paul II on military in Morningside. I got, in, I got accepted to the St. Michael's hockey program, right, after my grade nine year. So that summer I got accepted. My mom breaks the news to me. I'm a 15 year old boy, man, being told yeah. that he's gonna go to an all boys school when he's 15 years old. I had the biggest temper tantrum. I said, I'm not going, mom. I'm sticking with my friends at my local high school. She's like, Sean, it's gonna be the best thing for you. I ended up going, I ended up having a great experience. You know what I mean? But that year was the first year that the majors we're back in the OHL, right? So, man, I I thought it was so cool how they played in that little rink, and yeah, man, it was really yeah, bro. Like, so so your broadcasting, where were you guys? Were you right above the benches, or were you across? Because you know yeah. how like it was like a little Maple Leaf Gardens almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right. You were right above. <laughs> the bench. It was yeah. It was it was a tiny uh, right, right above. Yeah, it was it was great, great experience. So, 
Um, yeah, Dave Cameron was the coach uh, when I was doing play-by-play there. And I, I remember that because um, that's the first time um, I realized what, you know, we got to go in the coach's room and we got to find out, you know, who was starting or who was out. And <laughs> it was yeah, man. Like, like you, it was just like you said, it was like a mini Maple Leaf Gardens. It was like a mini NHL. It was really cool yeah. to be a part of the O for that short stint. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for the listeners that don't know out there, man, the St. Michael's uh, College School Arena, I mean, the OHL team started there, and it's really, really cool. Like, it just the way it's set up, like, I'm sure it's the same, right, Jermaine? Like, I'm sure they just, like, like just kind of kept kept it up. Like, I don't think they made any changes or anything. They were able to – I remember that they put, like, a, like a, sec, a, like a new section of seats in on the one side – I, I don't even know what the capacity, what do you think the capacity was there? Maybe two, 2000, like 1800 yeah. or something. Yeah. I, I, I was packing it in standing yeah. room. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was like, I, I just remember, um, like you said, small arena, tightly packed people, people showed up. Right. And, and, um, I remember taking the TTC there a couple of times and uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> I mean, it was, it's, it was, and of course coming from, from uh, uh, Stovall, like I said, you're drive everywhere, but hockey in the city, there's nothing like yeah. it. And I thought it was, I thought it was, I still think it's outstanding. Yeah. It's the so St. Clair West station you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, bro. I mean, I, I like when, when I wasn't good, I had to take the subway. When I was being a good boy, I get a ride to school. But yeah, man, I took that subway all the way to Young and Bloor and then up to St. Clair West Station coming from Scarborough. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and exactly. yeah, man, that was my that way. Yeah, that was my grade ten because and that was the year that the first year the majors were in the OHL and it was a great experience, man. Just like meeting everybody, like like that was when I first met uh, uh, Fuchs. And then, yeah. and then Fuda ended up being my assistant coach when I, when I ended up going to the OHL when I played in Oshawa, right? So, so it's pretty cool the connections that you make when you're a part of an institution like that. Like St. Mike's is a very special, you know, like, like, like you know, they, they've gotten a little bit of bad press from that, from that hazing incident and stuff. And, you know, like I cringe a little bit, man, when I see that because I'm just like, oh, man, I mean – I know they have to change the way things are. I know hazing has to get pushed out of things, just like it did in the OHL. You know, like when I was in the OHL, Jermaine, they they started having signs saying anti-hazing of the rookies and all that kind of stuff. By the time I was out of the OHL, there was like no more rookie parties where they're just getting abused and and being forced to drink. That was all banned by the end of me being there, right? So so the times change a lot. And I find that... Like with yourself, it seems like you've kept up so much with every aspect of of the sports. Like you know what I mean. The sports change a lot. Like just the way that p- the, the players present, like like prepare themselves. Like for example, twenty years ago, guys would go to training camp to get in shape. Yeah. Now it's about who's in the tip top shape on the first day when they do the fitness testing and the CO2 machine. And, and man, it's, it's, it's really intense. Like, yeah. like Dub Sims, Wayne Simmons, he is famously known for winning all the fitness tests, especially when he was in LA, that oh, guy, yeah. man, 
like pull-ups and CO2 tests, first place, first place, first place. Like, like it's incredible, man. I remember my, my brother would tell me, Wayne won all the fitness tests this year in training camp for the Kings. I'm like, buddy, I don't, I don't blame it. But yeah, the athletes change. When I see you do the interviews, like I said, man, you've kept up with all the times. You know everything there is to know. You make the athletes feel comfortable. Now that you're behind the desk, you make it so – like are you, doing, are, are you doing both or are you strictly behind the desk right now? Well, right now I'm, I'm strictly behind the desk. But who knows when things start opening up a little bit. Like um, I think uh, um, they'll use me a little bit more um, for different things. I, right, the, the thing I think about right away is possibly the CFL. We'll see how things work with the CFL as it's coming back in August, which is outstanding. And uh, if they need me, if they need me to go out in the field, as they say, uh, I'm I'm more than ready to do it and more than willing to do it because um, that's how that's how you stay involved. That's how that's how you stay in the game is is through contact with the players and the coaches and seeing how how things change and how practices go and how practices uh, change. So whatever Mark masters, he's got the leaf beat on lock, but if he ever needs help, I'll be there. Heck I'll go there with him just to make sure I stay in the game. So it's good. It's yeah, good. buddy. I hear that. Now, now Jermaine, here's my next question for you, buddy. And, and, and dude, I, I know we've gone over the time. You know what I mean? I appreciate you, you sticking around like this. And, and trust me, so do the listeners. And But I, I just I, – there's so much to cover with you because you're such a dynamic dude. I, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm working my hardest to get it in. So now – so the, the, the thing I wanted to ask you, buddy, was like you're a huge character. I know you're a big fan of every sport. I know that you're passionate. It seems like guys that are really strong in all these areas – and I know you probably have had it in the past, but have had their own show, right? Do you see yourself doing that, like like how like a Michael Landsberg type of thing, or like like do you see that? Are you interested in something like that? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, I I now that I think about it, uh, I am totally interested in in having my own show. I am totally interested in hosting. Uh, hosting a show, and I think that would be the next step for me, um, as I am obviously hosting a Sports Center, a co-host a, a yes. Sports Center, and, and uh, that's been—it's amazing how time flies. It's almost been a year; it's been ten months, and and really? I, I every minute of it. Um, yeah. And and uh, I think the next step for that is to continue, obviously, uh, uh, doing Sports Center and hopefully killing it each and every time, and killing it more and more. And then I might get the opportunity to guest host on a couple of shows, uh, whether that be that's hockey or, or if it's uh, local uh, or if it's Toronto radio that, uh, that they give me a shot at uh, uh, filling in once in a while. But, um, but absolutely. I think I've thought about hosting my own show and to tell you the truth, I've thought about um, uh, hosting my own podcast, which I have approached TSN about and they weren't, weren't quite ready for it yet. But uh, as my experience grows behind the desk, I think it's a matter of time. Uh, yeah, I can't, can't wait to do it. You'd have one su subscription right here, my friend. <laughs> I'd be subscribed to the TSN yeah. Jermaine Franklin podcast, right? No, Wouldn't I? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, For sure. It. 
Yeah, yeah dude, that, that's no problem at all, man. And and trust me, like, like I, I speak on behalf of my co-host, Kyle Warner, that couldn't join us today. You know, Danny Granger Art, who's going to make an incredible portrait of you, my friend, because yeah. that's what we do. Yeah, we do an art portrait for all our special guests, Jermaine. But I oh, know really? Dan- Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Ask the Stewart brothers, man. They, 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 they got a nice one. And, and, and everyone does. Everybody does. So, yeah. so yeah, bro. Um, he's really excited to do it is, is what I'm trying to get at. And so, so we're definitely looking forward to that. We, I speak on behalf of the listeners. We appreciate the extra time you took, buddy, because we went way over the timeline. But like I said, man, you're so interesting that, that I was just hoping that I could just keep it going a little bit longer, a little bit longer. But, but you know what I mean? But I, I appreciate it a lot, buddy. And, you know, so I, so I want to thank you again on, on behalf of us for joining us. And, you know, I, I wish you the best, buddy. I really, really hope that you do get this show because it would be so entertaining. And I know that you're a passionate guy and you love what you do, buddy. And it's an inspiration to see somebody so happy, man. Just so you know that, like, you know, like I said, like I, I, I'm trying to get into the industry, but I'm just talking on behalf of just the regular sports person, man, that, you know, we're obviously addicted to sports, like, you know, sports people. So, you know, we have to watch Sports Center. You make it enjoyable. You make it fun and you make people happy, buddy, by seeing that smile that you're showing me right there. So, again, we appreciate it, buddy. And I want to thank the listeners for listening to another episode of The Sheriff featuring special guest Jermaine Franklin anchor for tsn guys um so i want to say i want to sign off guys and i'm gonna say see you next time Woo!